section with us tonight up there. God bless you folks. I hope you get happy in the Lord and take a leap of faith, buddy. Amen. God is good. You may be seated tonight, and I'll lay down a little bunt. I've got a message I've been preaching on the thermostat, and it's an awesome sermon. But somebody stole it from me. Then I, then I had this message I was going to preach on. Superman, the Loch Ness Monster, and what's that other one? And, and the perfect preacher. Yeah. He preaches on the Loch Ness Monster and Bigfoot and the perfect preacher. What all they got in common? Nothing. They don't exist. I, I love Brother Fletcher. He's the only guy I know to ride down the road and see a post and say, I'm going to preach on that post. It is stable. It is strong. It signals you where to talk. Amen. And I love him. I love this pastor here. And I, I can't believe a, a one church opens their doors for another church. And man, that's, we ain't supposed to get along that well. Bless God, we're independent Baptists. We need to be fighting something. Say amen. And how good and pleasant when brethren dwell together in unity. Amen. Two of my heroes are standing here tonight. Brother Blue on this side and Brother... Sammy, I don't know this side. They must be mad at each other and won't sit together or something. But I love these men and thank God for them. This don't have anything to do with my sermon, but I got to get it off my chest. If I hear one more young preacher say that they've got to reinvent fundamentalism, I'm going to beat the devil out of it. Quit trying to shake off your heritage and your identity. I'm not ashamed of where I come from. And I'm still where I come from. And old time religion's alive and well. You don't need the new, you just need to get reacquainted with the old. Hallelujah. One fellow said he meets with his preaching team, men and women in his church, and he gives them the manuscript for his sermon. I'd like for Brother Sammy to give somebody a manuscript for one of his. And, uh, they go through the manuscript during the week and they take out and they put in what they think the church needs to hear. I'll tell you who my daddy met with his preaching team, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And they gave him this advice, preach the word. That always works. And I appreciate the goodness of the Lord tonight. I feel better since I said that. And then I'll say it again, old time religion's alive and well. Like Brother Mays Jackson said, the only folks that don't like it are those who've never had any. Because if you ever get a good dose of it, you're going to like it. Amen. Turn to somebody beside of you and say, I, I appreciate you. No matter what they say about you, I appreciate you. Joshua chapter 1 tonight and verse number 5. Joshua chapter 1 and verse number 5. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. Say this with me. As I was. Now that is past. He says look back in the past and you can see my hand. All of us in this room tonight can look back in our past and see the hand of God. God has been good to us. God has been faithful to us. God has been with us. 
He said, as I was, that is past. As I was with Moses, so, and that little word means to the extent of, so, say this with me, I will. Now, that's a promise. And I'm glad tonight for every I will of God in the Bible that He is God enough and sovereign enough and omnipotent enough and big enough to meet that promise. Abraham staggered not at the promises of God. And when God says, I will, you can hang your life, your family, your soul, your eternal destiny on the I will. He says, as I was past with Moses, so I will promise be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. He said, I'm going to make you a promise. And I am going to base my promise on my past performance. Can I say that again? I am going to make you a promise. And I am going to base that promise on a past performance. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. You know what Joshua finds out in this text? He finds out you can't go anywhere where God has not already been. He found out you can't go anywhere where God's not already at. He found that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. As far back in your past as you can go, He is God. In the midst of all of the uncertainty of the present, He is still God. And way over there in the future where you've not been yet, He's already been there. He is the Lord God that changes not. In your past, in your present, and in your future. We come to the text tonight and Joshua is a new man. He is a new leader. He is facing a new challenge. He is facing a new day. Joshua's got to walk where he's never walked. Joshua's got to fight where he's never fought. And Joshua's going to face some things that he has not faced. The path and the task ahead was unsure and uncertain. But God is making this man a promise. I will, I will, I will. And I am basing my promise on my past performance. As I have done it in the past, I will do it again. I have been real in the past and I will be real again. I did not fail you in the past and I will not fail you again. If God can save our soul from hell and change our life, He can do anything else. Because God makes you and I a promise tonight based upon His past performance. He said the past is a promise. Every time you call to remembrance, something God has done, it reminds us that God is still able 
to do it again. And notice what he says in the text, as I was with Moses. Now think about it, as God was with Moses, so to the extent of he is going to be with Joshua. And I believe when God said this to Joshua, I believe he thought about the protection of God. For when was God with Moses? Well, God was with Moses when Moses could not help himself. You remember when he is a little baby and his mother has put him in that little ark of bulrushes and she has pitched it within and without with pitch. And she takes him down to the brink of the river and leaves him there in the hand of a sovereign God. And as she walks away, no doubt, fearful and brokenhearted, I'm glad walking up and down the banks of the Nile River is a God that will not fail. Somebody said, why didn't the crocodiles get him? Because as he was with Moses... He's going to be with Joshua. Why didn't the snake tip over that ark and the little baby drown? Because God was protecting him. Why didn't one of Pharaoh's big strong soldiers find the baby and snuff out his life like he did the others? Because God is with him when he cannot help himself. And I want to say this tonight, there will be times when we're not going to be able to help ourselves. We're not going to know where to turn, what to do, or what to say. But aren't you glad tonight in the midst of our wilderness of uncertainty, there is a God who helps us when we cannot help ourselves. I've heard people say all my life, God helps those who help themselves. No, the God of this Bible helps those who cannot help themselves. For I could not save me, but God did. I cannot keep me, but God does. I cannot sustain me, but God does. Aren't you glad when you find yourself at a place where it seems like the mountain is too high and the valley's too wide and the ocean's too deep? Standing somewhere in the shadows is a sovereign God and an omnipotent God and a faithful God who will not fail you, who will not forsake you, who will not forget you. He was with Moses when he could not help himself. There's nothing in this world tonight any more helpless and dependent upon others as a little child. Well, if we left a little baby in this altar tonight and all of us went home and didn't come back for several weeks, we would find a dead baby because that baby has to be fed. That baby has to be cleaned. That baby has to be taken care of. It cannot help itself. And I promise you, if you live in the real world long enough, you'll find yourself in a place where you cannot help yourself. But I'm glad based on God's past performance, as I was with Moses, so will I be with thee. Joshua, you remember when he's a little baby and he can't help himself. I did not forsake him in the brink of the river. And son, as you go on your ministry, 
You may find yourself in places when you're outnumbered and overwhelmed. But you remember this, as I was with Moses, so will I be with thee. Aren't you glad the God we serve tonight? is able to help us and strengthen us and be near to us even when we cannot help ourselves. He thought about the protection of God. I believe when God said this to Moses, I believe when God said this to Joshua, as I was with Moses, so will I be with thee. I believe he thought about the provisions of God. Because Joshua was well aware of the story of Moses. How that when God got them out of Egypt, He fed them, He led them, He clothed them for 40 years. He said, I met His needs and I will meet your needs. I fed His family and I will feed your family. Aren't you glad that God... I lost that thing again. Get me some glue and some tape here. And He said, I met His needs and I, I fed his family. And I'll meet your needs. And I'll meet and I'll feed your family. Aren't you glad the God we serve tonight buys groceries? He buys clothes. He pays bills. He puts food on our table. He puts clothes on our back. He puts shoes on our feet. And you talk about a well-balanced diet. You know what God did for them? He set a table in the wilderness. In fact, one of the psalmists said, Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? I guess He did. And the Bible said what a table He spread for them. The Bible said He gave them quail. He gave them meat. God is not a vegetarian. Most vegetarians look like they're hungry. Or they look like they need worming, one or the other. God gave them some quail. God gave them some meat. God gave them water out of a rock. And then God gave them manna. God even gave them a dessert. God gave them manna. I heard all my life that Bible scholars, you know, they've studied and studied and they don't know what manna is. In fact, they say the Hebrew word manna means what is it? And they called it manna. What is it? Because they didn't know what it was. But through much prayer and Bible study, I believe God has shown me what manna is. Well, number one, scholars say it was round. Number two, scholars say it was a bread-type substance. Scholars say that it had a shiny coating on top. Scholars say it was sweet to the taste. And scholars say that it was very, very addictive. Scholars say that if you ever ate it once, you would want to eat it again. I'm telling you, I know exactly what manna is. It's a Krispy Kreme donut with a hot nail sign on the door. Lord of mercy. If you ever get you a good Krispy Kreme with a hot nail sign, you'll throw that Dunkin' Donut away. I'm going to tell you that right now. Boy, I got a friend of mine said him and his wife had been on the diet and, and they've been trying to avoid all of that. So they made a rule. They said, honey, we ain't going to stop unless the light is on. If that light's on, that'll be a sign that it's God's will we stop in there. But, it, but he said he had a problem. Every time he'd go by there, the red light was on. He said, so they even had to make it more hard. He said, 
We won't stop even though the light is on unless there's a place to park, you know, right there at the front door. He said, so the day we went, the light was on. And he said, after we circled the block seven times, we found a place to park right there at the front door. Son, God gave them manna. God gave them quail. God gave them water out of the rock. God put shoes on their feet. God put clothes on their back. Aren't you glad the God we serve tonight knows our needs even more than we know our needs? And he said, Joshua, you remember this. When you need food on your table, when you need clothes on your back, when you need shoes on your feet, as I was with Moses, so will I be with thee. Just like I met his needs, I will meet your needs. While there's Christians all over this place, tonight, you could give a testimony how that God has furnished a table in your wilderness. I'm not backed by some association. I'm not on a government program tonight. I'm on a program called the hand of God and the provisions of God and the power of God. And as I was with Moses, so will I be with thee. He thought about the protection of God. He thought about the provisions of God. And then I believe when God said to Joshua, as I was with Moses, so will I be with thee. I believe he thought about the power of God. For when was God with Moses? He was with Moses when he needed a miracle. He was with Moses when nothing short of a miracle would do. They came out of the Egyptian bondage and they come to the Red Sea. And the Red Sea is in front. And the mountains of Paran on one side. The Meridian Desert is on the other side. And Pharaoh's army pursuing in the rear. They were between a rock and a hard place. They couldn't go that way. And they couldn't go that way. And they couldn't go that way. And they'd already been that way. And by the way, let me say in case you're thinking about going that way back. Why do you want to go there? You've already been that way before. That's where you got hurt. That's where you got disappointed. There's nothing back there but shattered dreams and broken lives. And they'd already been back there. So what are they going to do? Well, they couldn't go that way, this way, this way, or that way. And Moses says, God, what do you want me to do? And God says, nothing. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. I mean, they came to Moses and said, you're the preacher. Everything's your fault anyway. You shouldn't have let us out here to die. What are we going to do? He said, I want to tell you what God said. God said, do nothing. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And in the eyes of the unbelievers, can you imagine how foolish Moses looked with Pharaoh's army chomping at the bitch and that sea raging in the front and he just stands there with a rod in his hand. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. But I want to ask you this. What can he do? He doesn't have time to build a bridge. He doesn't have time to give swimming lessons. All they can do is do what God said to do. May I say to every believer in this room tonight, all you can do is what God said to do. But aren't you glad when they couldn't go that way? And they couldn't go that way. And they couldn't go that way. And they didn't want to go that way. 
Praise God, that was a God that way that came this way and they kept going that way because He made a way when there was no way. Nothing short of a miracle. Someone said, Preacher, what is the meaning of the word miracle? It is something that happens that can only be explained. God did it. It can only be explained. God did it. You know what creation is? It is a miracle. Only God could do that. You know what inspiration is? It is a miracle. Only God could do that. You know what the incarnation is? It is a miracle. Only God could do that. You know what regeneration is? It is a miracle. Only God could do that. Aren't you glad the God that is with us tonight is the miracle-working God? He's the omnipotent God. You say, preacher, if my family ever gets back together, it'll take a miracle. If my lost son ever comes home to God, it'll take a miracle. All the needs in my life and the needs in my family, if anything ever happens, it'll take a miracle. Well, that's the kind of God we serve tonight. The miracle God who can step out upon nothing and say, let there be, and He brings it into existence. Someone said, how many miracles in the Bible do you believe? I believe in all of the miracles of the Bible. You say, why do you believe in all the miracles of the Bible? Because I believe in the God of revival. You say, preacher, do you really believe He made the sun stand still? Sure do. Do you really believe that He he parted the waters of the Red Sea? I, I really do. You really believe He walked around in the fire? furnace. I really do. Do you really believe that He locked the jaws of the lion? I really do. Do you really believe He was born of a virgin? I really do. Do you really believe that He walked on the water? I really do. Do you really believe that He turned the water into wine? I really do. Do you really believe that He opened the eyes of the blind and loosed the tongues of the dumb and I'm not stopped the ears of the deaf? Do you really believe He cleansed the leper. Do you really believe He raised the dead? I do, I do, I do. Do you really believe He died on Calvary and rose again on Easter? I do, I do, I do. You say, why do you believe that? Because I remember that night when the greatest of all miracles took place. When God reached further down. Heaven, I can reach up. And He saved my soul from the devil's hell. Pick me up and set my feet on solid ground. The greatest of all miracles is when God takes a black heart and washes it in red blood. And it comes out whiter than snow. He's the miracle God. He's the miraculous God. And when you need a miracle, God is on the way. As I was in the past, so I will in the present. His promise is based on His past performance. He thought about the protection of God. He thought about the provisions of God. He thought about the power of God. Number four tonight, I believe as God says this to Joshua, and that promise is ringing in his ear. As I was with Moses, so will I be with thee. I believe he thought about the presence of God. Because that's the crux of our text in verse 5. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. The presence of God. I love to study words. That little word with, 
when you get all the derivatives of that word, here's what it means. Face to face. Never out of sight. Never beyond earshot. Face to face. Never beyond sight. Whoop. And never had of earshot. He said, as I was with Moses, Moses was never out of my sight. He was never beyond earshot. Face to face. Everywhere Moses turned, he bumped into me. Everywhere Moses stopped, he bumped into me. Everywhere Moses wept, he bumped into me. Everywhere Moses battled, he bumped into me. I was above him. I was beneath him. I was before him. I was behind him. I was beside him. I was for him. I was through him. I was with him. His my presence was always there. And he based a promise to you and I. I will never leave thee. I will never forsake thee. How did he base that? On his past. I was face to face with him. He was never out of my sight. He was never beyond earshot. Aren't you glad the God we serve tonight? When you can't feel him, he's there. When you can't sense him, he's there. When you can't find him, he's there. We're never beyond his sight. We're never out of earshot. Face to face, he is with us. Aren't you glad tonight the Lord said, I'll be there. I'll be there. And he is here, for he is above us. He is beneath us. He is before us. He is behind us. He is beside us. He is around us. He is for us. He is with us. But we that have been born of the Holy Ghost, He is in us. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And you can count on the presence of God. You say, preacher, when was the presence of God real in the life of Moses? Well, think about this. You remember when Moses was disappointed in the people? Moses had been fasting and praying on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. Brother, he came off of that mountain. You talk about a hot sermon outline. He's got one written on tables of stone by the fiery finger of God. But he comes off of that mountain. And the people, they're not having jubilee. They're not having camp meeting. They're naked. They're dancing. They're having contemporary church. Boy, Moses gets mad. Loses his temper. Well, aren't you glad the Lord loves people that lose their temper? Aren't you glad the Lord loves people who loses their temper? Aren't you glad the Lord loves people that loses their temper? Aren't you glad the Lord loves people that loses their temper? Oh, you say, Brother Arthur, I don't have a temper. I know you've lost yours so much you don't have one. Moses comes out there and he's mad. He loses his temper. And he takes his hot, fiery outline and throws it on the ground. He's mad. He's aggravated. He's disgusted. He walks away disappointed. He had seen the worst in them people. He left Egypt for them. He left money for them. He left fame for them. And by the way, if you don't get your eyes off of people and get your eyes on Jesus, you're going to be messed up yourself. 
You say, well, ain't nobody ever going to disappoint me. Well, you better die real quick. I'm telling you, if you live in this world long enough, somebody someday is going to lick the frost off your frosted flake. If you live in this real world long enough, somebody is going to eat the marshmallows out of your lucky charm. Somebody is going to disappoint you. And by the way, you know who disappoints me more than anybody? Not my family, not my friends, not my church members, but me. Lord, I can't even live up to my own expectations, much less everybody else. And Moses was disgusted and disappointed. And he's walking away and God comes up to him. I love this. And said, Moses, what do you need? He said, Lord, I've seen the best, the worst out of everybody. He said, will you show me your glory? He said, Lord, if I could just get a glimpse of your glory, I believe I can make it. And I love what God says. He says, come on up here, son. There's a place by me. And the Bible said that God put him in the cleft of the rock. I got to thinking about being in the cleft of the rock. You know, if he would have fallen down, he'd have hit a rock. If he'd have fell back, he'd have hit a rock. If he'd have fell to the right or to the left, he'd have hit a rock. The only way he could fall out of that cliff was face first. And the Bible said God covered him with his hand. If he'd have fell out of the cliff to the rock, he'd have just fell in the hand of God. Because God had him covered. And it was in that cliff to the rock that the goodness of God passed by. And Moses got just a little glimpse. You say, that's not a lot. It was enough to light him up. Because when he came down off of that mountain... He had so much glow upon him. He had to put a veil over his face because when he saw the worst out of everybody, he saw the best out of God. He was with him when he was disappointed. And can I tell you, when everybody's let you down and every relationship in your life has peeled away, aren't you glad standing somewhere in the shadows is a God that has made you a promise based on His past performance. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee, the presence of God. You see how real was the presence of God in Moses' life? So real that even when he came down to die, he was overwhelmed by the presence of God. You know, the Bible said that God took Moses on top of Mount Nebo. And the Bible said he went to heaven from there. The Bible said his natural forces were not abated. Moses died a perfect specimen of human health. You say, how do you die if you don't get sick? Somebody said, your heart will quit beating. That's called heart failure. How do you die and you're perfectly well? How did Moses die? I asked Maze Jackson that one time. I said, Brother Maze, how did Moses die? He said, don't you know? I said, well, if I did, I wouldn't be asking you. He said, oh, son, that's easy. He said, God took him on top of Mount Nebo and smothered him to death with Holy Ghost kisses. I said, I'll take that. He said, God just took him on top of Mount Nebo and smothered him to death with Holy Ghost kisses. 
The old Jewish writers said, God sucked out his soul with a kiss. I was preaching that one night in North Carolina. An old mountain preacher come up to me. He said, Brother Joe, can I talk to you about that? I said, sure. He said, I believe I know how Moses died. I said, talk to me. He said, while ago in your sermon, you said that when Moses asked God, let me see your glory. You remember what God said to him? He said, son, God said to him, you can't see my face and live. You can't see my face and live. He said, I believe God took him on top of that mountain. Said there wasn't nobody up there but him and God. And he said, I believe God took him on top of that mountain and pulled him up real close and said, Hey, Moses, you remember that time you said you wanted to see me? But I told you you couldn't see my face and live. Well, you prayed your last prayer. You fought your last battle. You have carried your last burden. You don't have to live down here no more. So God took down the veil and said, Here I am. And Moses got a glimpse and checked out. And what he saw was breathtaking. And I say that again. And what he saw was breathtaking. You say, what has that got to do with us? He did not fail you in life. He did not fail you in salvation. And he will not. My God, he will not fail you in death. Because in the darkest valley of this lonesome valley, standing somewhere in the shadows, he'll be there and you'll see his face and he'll take your breath away and you'll wake up on the other side never out of sight, never out of earshot. So shall we ever be, here's the word, with the Lord. My little old daddy went to heaven in 2008. We're standing there in room number four at the emergency room at the hospital in Burlington. Daddy's laying there taking them little breaths. My mama was on one side with my sister. She was singing Daddy's favorite song, What a Day That'll Be. And I'm quoting Psalm 23, and my little mama, she's caught between worlds. Boy, she'd wail out, Oh, baby doll, don't leave me. We've been married for 60 years. I can't live without you. Oh, what am I going to do? And then the grace of God would kick in, and she'd go to shouting. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I heard my mama pray this five seconds for my day to die. She said, Lord, I want to thank you for the privilege being married to an old-fashioned Holy Ghost preacher all these years. I want, and boy, she leaned over and kissed my daddy and said, Go on, honey, take your flight. Jesus has got his arms stretched out on the other side. Me and Joe and the youngins are seeing a little while. And about that time, Daddy hadn't spoke to me in two weeks. He had been in that coma. But I, he, he didn't say nothing when he died. But he got that big old look in them baby blue eyes. And that little mischievous smile came across his face. 
I'd like when he got one on you, when you traded with him and he got the best end of the deal. You, you know what I'm talking about? And, uh, you know, when, when you've traded with him and he's got the best end of the deal, one of them kind of looks like I got one on you. So he closed his eyes down here. But I believe what he saw on the other side was so breathtaking. You say, preacher, is that real? I want to say it's as real tonight as the flesh on your bones. Because God makes us a promise. And he bases us on his past. As I was with Moses, so will I be with thee. I was with him when he couldn't help himself. I was with him when he needed a miracle. I was with him when he got disappointed. I was with him when he got discouraged. I was with him when he came down to the valley of the shadow of death. And just like I was with him, so I will be with thee. God's promise is based on his past. And based on his past, he is a God that cannot and has not and will not fail. You can bank on that. With. Face to face. I read the other day where a little boy was in bed and he got scared. You don't have to raise your hand tonight, but I never remember getting scared and running into bed between your mom and your daddy. You sir, there's not anybody here that's ever done that. I know one person. Him. <laughs> Boy, I read the other day where this little fellow's in bed, man, the storm was coming. He got scared. Man, he made his way down the hallway, got in the bed between his mom and daddy and said, Daddy! And daddy, being compassionate, you know, said, What? <laughs> he said, I'm scared. Don't sleep. I can't. Daddy, what? He said, Which way are you looking? He said, What does that matter? He said, Daddy, even though it's dark, and even though I can't see, If I just know you're looking my way, if I know you got your eyes on me, I'll be all right until the morning comes. Can I promise you the God we serve tonight has His eye on us? And as long as He's looking our way, we can make it till the morning comes. You may get without health. You may get without money. You may get without friends. But you'll never be without God. His promise is based on His past. And based on His past, He is awesome. He is sovereign. He is omnipotent. He is almighty. He is faithful. He is worthy. He has not. He will not fail. As I was, so I will. Father, we love you tonight. Thank you for helping us just to live.